Well, good morning. Are you happy? You getting there? Happy Father's Day to all of the dads. You're amazing. Thanks. You don't know how amazing your dad is till you're a dad. It's true. Something about being a dad and you find out how amazing your dad is, especially if you grew up in ministry and then you become a pastor and dad you dealt with all this and I never knew about it it's a lot of stuff you just don't realize it doesn't matter what field they're in it's just part of growing up but we honor the dads alright well I gotta, I gotta get through a couple things and then I'll, I might just let you out we'll see where this goes we had an amazing first service man like I didn't think anybody would show to be honest with you like since we took the cap off you know I was like we'll see if that was and we still had a bunch of folks come in and we had an amazing time. We've been having a lot of pastors from other churches coming because a lot of their denominations haven't uh, opened back up yet, so they've been coming and getting filled up. That's fun. That's what a privilege. That's something that we don't normally have is people, pastors coming to our church on Sunday morning. All right, let's take up an offering. I'm going to read scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28 says anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer <laughs> it's deep I know but must work it's getting deeper doing something useful with their own hands <laughs> that they may have something to share with those in need alright anyone who has been stealing stop stealing but get a job it's my interpretation do something useful with your hands that you may have something to share with those in need. What's the point? I find this is an interesting scripture. Jesus isn't just interested in this passage about the stealing, paying back what they've stolen. He's interested in them being transferred. He's interested in them becoming people who are givers. It's more than just paying back when you took. He said, get a job be useful and become a generous person. <laughs> you guys are quieter than the first service. I don't know if that's a compliment. We have, we have a lot of the old, like more um, mature and age folks in the first service. And I was like, get a job. They're like, that's right. <laughs> it was like, you could feel it in the room. Like world will be fixed. If you just go get a job. <laughs> I always grew up hearing that like, well, David wouldn't have gotten in trouble if he'd been where he's supposed to be, out on the war field. <laughs> so get a job. No, I do, I do think there's something powerful in the scripture about not just paying back what you stole, but actually about be, being, becoming more like Jesus and becoming a giver. And so that's, that's the heart beyond this is that we would go from a place where we were all messed up, that we would become more like him. Amen. I just think that's good. So I'm going to pray over you guys, and then we'll take up the offering. So, Lord, I just thank you so much, Father, for this place, for this, the presence and the room this morning. And, Father, have your way in everything we do today. Lord, I pray, I pray just crazy favor over this house today. Surprise us. Anybody got faith? 
yeah, big things are going to happen. Release the big guns, Jesus. <laughs> yep. Amen. All right, if you're using a card, you can text it, or at any point, there's a box in the back that you can put it in. What do I call it? A box? A, a offering? You don't know. A box. All right. You know, you get in the habit of doing stuff like you pray for the offering, and you say, pass the baskets, and then you're like, amen, pass. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. I'm excited. I've had a lot of conversations the past couple of weeks with a lot of friends, and um, I've been slowly and intentionally just meeting with a lot of people through everything that's going on. I said this last week that I haven't been really super vocal on on, fa- on Facebook and stuff like that, and because it's super pointless. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's, it's, I should have said that in the first service too. <laughs> No, I, I've, I've, but I've been very intentional with trying to connect with a lot of folks, and it's been really just, let me tell you this, I think God is revealing so much in the church right now. S- some, of it's, some of it's challenging. I think, I think we're seeing, um, oh, how do I say this? Um, I think the church, a lot is being stripped away from the church right now. And a lot of things that we've said that we believe in and we stand on in faith, people are having to decide if they really do. Um, should I go there? I don't want to, like, offend the world. Um, I don't, I don't want to... Yeah, yeah. There's my Enneagram 8 right there. She's, that's why I hired her. She does all the dirty work. <laughs> uh, no, I just, um, we're in a season right now where I feel like we're seeing what people will stick their neck out on the line for. And a lot of people, it's not for what they've known as church. They're more passionate about going to gatherings and other things for justice than they are about coming together in the house of God, which is, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying there's a lot being revealed in the church right now. I think that um, I think that he's really just stripping some things away and I think that the that things are becoming real and uh, me personally uh, I have really had to pray a lot through this because I am the most non-worried guy in the world about anything it's just who I am it's my mama in me if you know my mom you know that but I believe that we have to continue to stand on the foundations of faith and healing that we've been going for. And, and nothing can stop me from that. And where am I going with this? I don't know. I'm going in a hole is where I'm going. I can feel it. But thanks for coming. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to stop because I can just feel where it's going. I, 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 we'll get, we'll get, let's go through the, the Bible. That'd be easier. <laughs> Ask me after, afterwards privately for my opinions, and I'll give you those, but I don't do it, try not to do it from the pulpit. If you have, um, if you have Ephesians in your Bible, um, open up to that. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's a true thing. Like, if you've got the Passion Translation, you may not have all the books yet, but, uh, if you have Ephesians, open up to Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll see what we get through really quick. Ephesians chapter 1, 
And last week I opened up something on, um, I talked about Nehemiah and I talked about how Ezra, the book before Nehemiah, Ezra was responsible for rebuilding the house, the temple, the house of God. And it wasn't good enough that the city was still in ruins, but the house of God was restored. And so Nehemiah came and Nehemiah had a heart for the city. And so we talked about that a little bit last week, but I wanna talk a little bit from a perspective of Paul this morning and how he looks at regional regional prayers, how to release heaven over regions. You with me? So Ephesians chapter one, verse 15, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everybody say wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Everybody say, know the hope. That's important. To know the hope which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. This is a powerful passage by Paul. So here's Paul. He is speaking to the people of Ephesus. He's an apostle. And here is this amazing apostolic prayer. Apostolic prayers are so amazing to me because when we have, there's different types of prayers. If you come to me and ask for me to, uh, or anyone in this church, pray for my leg, I have pain in my leg and they pray for your leg and you get healed. That's amazing. The prayer was answered, boom, sealed. It's part of your testimony. Put it away. Apostolic prayers never end. Apostolic prayers that we see like this when he wrote them over Ephesus is something that the Holy Spirit inspired in Paul and he wrote it 2,000 years ago and we're still reading it and we're still praying it. It's amazing to me. That in the apostolic, which is extremely just unique to me, that there is no expiration date on those prayers. And so here he is. I want you just to notice in that passage, it said that Paul was praying to, he was praying to Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. What was he praying would happen? He was praying that the eyes of their understanding would be opened and that they would know the hope and the riches of his glory. How? By the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. How many understand that the Holy Spirit is only one of the manifestations of the Spirit of God? This is like a teaching we don't talk about a lot. A lot of churches haven't even, they're not even okay with the Holy Spirit yet. There's, there's seven spirits of God that the Bible talks about. I'll, maybe I'll teach on that some other time, but two more of them is this, is the spirit of wisdom. So one of the spirits, just like there's his Holy Spirit, he has his wisdom spirit and he has revelation spirit. Now, just like you need the Holy Spirit, you need the spirit of wisdom and you need the spirit of revelation. I think a lot of people just don't even have any idea what to ask for. And so here's Paul, he's speaking and he's writing a letter and he's saying, listen, my dear ones, he says, I want you to be just happy and blessed. You need the spirit of wisdom and revelation if you wanna impact your region." And so, how many know that we are seated in heavenly places with Jesus? I wasn't a, let's try that again. How many know we are seated with heaven, in heavenly places with Jesus? You don't, you don't have to like travel up the ladder and get there. You're there. 
You're with him. You are seated there. You should be anyways. It gets really wearing to stay below that place. Some people live from a lower level, and I'm just telling you, I was telling them, like, you need to get up higher. You need to get up higher because he's invited us to live from the place there. And so here's Paul talking about this wisdom. I want to give you a definition of wisdom, and I've shared this, this piece before, but the word he uses for wisdom here is a Hebrew word called chokmah. It might be chokmah. C-H-O-K-M-A-H, chokmah. You want to hear what it means? It means skill, insight, wise understanding, supernatural ability to discern, ability to strategize, ability to implement goals. It's the knowledge of God's word and it enables us to do it. How many of you know that if that was operating in your life, there wouldn't be much that we couldn't overcome? Paul is praying, he says, that we need wisdom. We need revelation. I think we need to raise the bar a little bit on this. Instead of just hoping to get a word of wisdom, how about we live from the word of wisdom? How about we live from the spirit of wisdom? There comes a place where it's always great when someone brings a word of wisdom or a word of something to, for me, typically, it typically confirms something the Holy Spirit's already speaking to me. But he's inviting you to live from a place where he says you can actually see a city experience hope and joy over an entire region if two things will happen. If the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation will manifest. <laughs> I want you to think about something. Just, just go here with me for a minute. All the things that God wants to do in the earth, there's so many things that we have not yet tapped into. Let's get, let's get into a higher perspective, church. There's a lot of things that we have not tapped into on this earth. There's a lot of creative things that we have yet to create. There's a lot of things that we have yet to build. There's, a, there's cities that have yet to step into hope. And he's calling us into that place. Proverbs 25 verse 2 talks about Solomon. And Solomon makes the remark, he said, that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search out a matter. I want you to think about this for a minute because I want you to make sure that you're not changing the word search with to find. It's the glory of kings to search out a matter. It's not just glorious to find it, it's glorious to search for it. All right, we're gonna go there. One of the things I've learned in church culture is that when somebody has figured it out, when one church has figured it out, everybody wants to get on that. It's just, we see it. We see it in different pockets. It's like you've got this pocket of church, this pocket of church, and then all the other churches tend to gather around that and try to replicate that. The danger of that, now, now let me say this. It's, I'm all behind supporting something else that God is doing in another church. We should support each other. We should stand together. But we shouldn't be trying to replicate it if it's not what we're called to do. Because if you do, you take out the glory of the search. 
This is really important. This is important for a city to get this, for churches to get this, because we've done things before where it's like something happened and something worked, and then it was like all the churches were like, let's all do it together. And the one thing that churches pretty much know how to do is have church services. And we just have another service around something new. But if that something new wasn't something that you searched out, you're missing the glory for what God has for you and your church. And even if it hurts and people say things that you're not being a part of it, God has something unique. I think Jesus demonstrated this when he, when he spoke to his, his disciples, right? He would hide things. He used parables. Some people think he used parables to break it down. It was quite the opposite. He was hiding it in the parable. I love it when he would hide it in a parable and his disciples would be like, huh? <laughs> like, I remember Peter, Peter would always be like, that's, you know, that's a hard one. Like, Jesus would be like, listen, guys, you know, there's going to become a time where you're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And Peter's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> This is a hard one. We, we get the whole metaphor of communion now. You know, Jesus, Jesus didn't play that like, oh, well, you know, it's a metaphor. I don't want to push any buttons that shouldn't be pushed, you know. <laughs> Jesus is just like, Pwah. and they're like, huh. But Peter recognized something. He said, I, I don't get it. He said, but your words are life. So all I know is when you speak, I feel life. That's really important when you open your hearts up to whoever speaks into you. Do you feel life on it? It's really important. Do you feel life on it? It's not all about what they say. It's not about their title. It's about the life that's on it. Last week, we talked about Nehemiah. The town had hired false prophets to prophesy against Nehemiah. If he was just like worried about titles, oh, well, the prophets said, he would have gotten off of the work that the Lord had him do. But he wouldn't do that because he knew there was no life on it. So Solomon, here he is. He makes this remark and he says that it is the, it is the glory to search it out. Can I, can I begin to challenge you guys? Can you begin to find the glory of the journey? Like, can you begin to have, like, like begin to look, begin to lean into the glory of the journey? I know that we live in a culture that's all, all about, like, let's get there quick. You know, like, consumerism is not kingdom. Let's land there for a minute because consumerism is cool. I have no problem. I love it that I can order my coffee on my phone and I don't even have to get out of my car. Like I can do all these things. Like what? Oh, I pay with it on my watch. And they're like, I mean, I feel so super cool when I put my Starbucks app and I'm like, Ping. and I'm like, it's so cool. I love that. I love it that like, I'm one of those people that we're okay ordering groceries and they bring it here to our house. Like some people are like, I would like to pick my own groceries. Thank you. Um, but like, I love these things. I love it that when I go into certain stores, it's so well laid out right now. It's like, that's amazing. Who thought of that? I just put a new, I just put a little new door lock on my house. That's like Bluetooth and all that fun stuff. The instructions, how they laid it out was phenomenal. It took like anybody could do it. That's consumerism. That's not kingdom. When you bring the consumerism mindset into the kingdom, this is what's robbing church. Yeah, should I go there? This, this is what's, <laughs> this is what can rob us because if we make it so easy for people to come in and get a part of everything, it's just as easy to walk out. 
There is a process. There is a wrestling of getting into things. There is a wrestling. Can I tell you, if you're looking for community, you got to wrestle your way into it. You have to. I have to. Sometimes it's challenging. You just have to go for it. But you cannot put the consumerism mindset on the kingdom of God. It will rob you of the process of learning and growing. Solomon was phenomenal. Solomon operated in this wisdom. Solomon, people would come from all around to see how he set his table. I mean, I've seen some pretty impressive tables before, but nobody that I would travel to their house to look at their table. (laughs) Some of them are pretty close. But I mean, people like royalty would travel to see how his table was set, how his servants were dressed. They would travel from afar to experience the excellence of what he had. This is so important because it says, and we've used this scripture before, it says in the Bible that Solomon, when he was building the temple, he wanted to build a great house for an even greater God. He wanted to have something that represented God well. For us to be able to represent him well in a city, we can't do it without wisdom. We can't do it without revelation. What would our businesses look like if they started getting that definition of wisdom? It would look different than the church. Don't get me wrong. The church would look different. Church, the seats would be filled. People would be learning their identity in Christ. All these great things would be happening. In a business setting, they would, number one, their employees would feel amazing because they would be honored. They would see things in them. They would be making a lot of money. At least my wife said, yeah. You guys okay with making money? If you want to stay poor, it's all right with you. You can keep that anointing. But... (laughs) Busy. <laughs> so I talk about money like, well, I mean, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't have money. Um, <laughs> let's go there. I, I, I want to see him represented well. I want to see him represented well in the business place. I, I, we, have to cross the, we have to cross these bridges. If we're going to be releasing the spirit of wisdom and revelation over the city, we're not doing it if it's not operating in the marketplace. If it's only getting caught in churches, we're back with Ezra who built the house for God. But Nehemiah said, what about the city? What about the city? Solomon had this figured out. Solomon got it. <laughs> I'm out of time already. (laughs) All right. We're here for it. (laughs) It's that's why I did the whole king search a thing. Now you you got to hang in there now. Uh, (laughs) No, I want to honor this Father's Day. I I'll just I'll finish it in a minute, but. Wisdom and revelation. Why? To open the eyes of our understanding. What's the eyes of our understanding? Some scriptures say heart. Some scriptures say eyes of your imagination. That's the one I like. Eyes of your imagination. Your imagination and your faith partner. This is really important. Scripture talks about eyes of your faith, and it talks about the eyes of your imagination. Faith is believing in what you can't see with your eyes yet. How do you know what to believe for if you can't imagine it first? 
Have you imagined your city like in love with Jesus yet? Like, have you imagined like the presence of the Lord, what it would look like operating in our city yet? And Matthew 18, 2 says, uh, 18, 1 is where this amazing conversation happened with the disciples. One of my favorites. They're all getting together and they're being the typical disciples and they're like, Jesus, we need you to settle something up. Listen, who's the greatest? <laughs> Such a bunch of arrogant guys. They're like, listen, I think I'm better. He thinks, you know what? Can you settle this up for us, Jesus? And Jesus like, no problem. Children are greater than you. Jesus just like drilled him. It was like, listen, you know, it's really cute you're having that conversation, but I'll take a child over that. Why? One of the things that with children that is so different than an adult is their ability to imagine. They have been pure and they've not been robbed of their imagination yet. Jesus wanted the imagination to be active. Some of you, I, I grew up hearing in the culture that, of church that I grew up, not from my dad, but just from the culture of church. I felt like I couldn't imagine. Like if I got too into imagination, it was like, well, your feet are leaving the ground, your head's in the clouds, get back on earth. Yeah. I am convinced more and more that Jesus would much rather your head in the clouds than your feet on the ground. Yes. I'm also a firm believer that you have to understand that the Bible says the, anything in your imagination that lifts itself up against God is what should be cast down, not your imagination what you're imagining what are you imagining it's what you imagine it's not imagining I'm freeing you to imagine I'm freeing you to daydream when we really begin to operate in wisdom when we really begin to operate in revelation you will begin imagining like never before why do you think the people that have done something amazing they've imagined it everything phenomenal that we tap into now someone imagined it and can I just tell you the church should be the most imaginative people on earth the problem is is that we try to filter everything through our logic and our understanding if you try to read this bible through the filter of understanding and logic without the Holy Spirit and the spirit of wisdom and revelation, you will not get it. You will not get it. <laughs> Something else that happens. When we begin to clean, when the eyes of our heart begin to get clean, I want you to imagine throughout life your, your, your heart. Uh, some translations talk about the perception of your heart. Uh, the best way I can say that is when you're around somebody and you're just like feeling your heart is perceiving something that your eyes aren't seeing, good or bad. Sometimes I'm around people, I'm like, you know, I see that, but that's not what my heart is seeing. The more your heart gets cleansed, the more clear you see from your heart. The enemy wants to cover up and bury your heart and, and steal from you your imagination, your dreaming. What happens though when it begins to be filled with light? See, as you cleanse it, the light begins to fill it. You ever had guests over to your house and it's dark outside? And what do you do? You turn on the house lights so they can see where to go? When you begin to get your heart clean, you begin to attract the things of the kingdom. 
It's like your heart is, I've been around people where I can feel it, especially somebody goes to a conference and they have just dedicated the past week of finances and time and everything else to go get their heart connected to Jesus. And all of a sudden, they feel like a vacuum to the kingdom because their heart has gotten cleaned. You begin to dream. If you're not dreaming, can I just suggest that you maybe just take some time to connect your heart, the eyes of your heart more with the Father? Whether or not, I'm not, I'm not gonna get into like some crazy, you know, off holiness stuff that's not kingdom, but just remember this. Just because it may not be sin, it may not be helping you either. <laughs> I went through a season where I was not hearing very much from the Lord. It was just frustrating. Anyone ever been there? Super frustrating. <laughs> It's usually right about then someone calls you, can you teach a class on hearing God? <laughs> sure. <laughs> is that just me or does anyone else have that? Like in the moment of your weakness, someone asks you to do something that's like completely opposite of what you're feeling. I usually say yes, because God is just that funny to bring my breakthrough through someone else. But um, <laughs> there was a season where I just wasn't hearing much from the Lord. And I was like not dreaming. And I finally, I was like, Lord, I'm just gonna change some things up. And I'm a, I'm a nighttime TV watcher. That's the only time I watch TV is at night. Um, and uh, I started just going to bed. For me personally, I would listen to the Psalms from the Passion Translation, the audio. And I would put them in my, in my earbuds and I would doze off listening to the Psalms. And I would feel my spirit coming alive. I could feel things happening in my spirit as I began to connect my heart to God. I could feel the eyes of my heart opening. Wisdom and revelation was coming in. And then all of a sudden you begin realizing, all of a sudden God just begins to pour things out to you. I'm not trying to drag you in a place of rules and condemnation, please hear my heart. But I am presenting to you the idea that if you will connect your heart on the Father, and you will spend time and you will be intentionally connecting your heart with him more, you will have your, 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 your imagination opened up. Yeah. And you'll begin to dream with God. Man, I feel like a, like a, something good. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I feel a bunch of adults that want to dream. Like, it's what I feel. I feel like a bunch of like, I want to dream. I want to dream. Like, like God, I, I, yeah, it's like, I want to dream. I watched a documentary. You brought that up. It's funny you said that. I watched a documentary on, on Walt Disney. Whoa. He got all of Disney World on his deathbed, on, and it was on the ceiling when he saw it. Disneyland. It's Disneyland. He was laying on his deathbed, and the, Lord, and the Lord showed him everything on the ceiling, and he drew it out before he died. I just don't know if we shoot high enough. <laughs> I mean, what if he started giving us the plans to, to impacting our, our neighborhoods and our cities? It would be great if it was while I was laying in bed. That's perfect. Wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation. I, you guys did good hanging in with me. I just jumped over everything, but...
I'm going to stop there. <laughs> you know, when God told Abraham, he said, look up at the stars. He said, you see all those stars? Now imagine that's going to be your lineage. That's your descendants. Can you imagine that? I want to see it just a, I just want to see the dreamers raise up. Pro, I can feel in the room, like right now, this is so anti-cultural. What we've been through the past three months has been survival mode, not dream mode for people. This is completely anti-cultural what's happening right now. God wants you to dream. And whatever's robbing you from those, let's get rid of that. Can we stand up and I'll release you? Thanks, God. <laughs> I feel joy. God, you're so good. I, I realize there's a lot of stuff going on in this room. I can feel that too. I release the ability to dream. I release the dreamers. Come on, put your hands out, would you? Jesus, right now, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be released in this room. That the eyes of our heart, that the eyes of our imagination would be opened. I release the courage to pursue. Even a lot of you, I feel like you've got good ideas written down in journals and everything else, and you, it's time to pursue it. I feel that. And you're like, well, what if it fails? Remember, the glory is in the pursuit. The glory is in the pursuit. The glory is to search it out. Whether you find it or not, Get the glory of the search. Father, I pray that even as we sleep, the dreams would kick up. If you'd put your hand on your heart, if you don't mind, pray one more thing over you guys. Lord, I pray over every heart in here. I feel all the different things that are going on this morning, and I just pray that you would cleanse hearts. The pain would be just ah, dissolved. That Lord, wake up the callings and giftings on people in this room. Strength on those of you. I just really strength on those of you that are in a place where you, um, there's others in this room that you are in a place where you have to be right now. Like, like, it's not fun, and you have to be there at the moment. But it doesn't mean that you can't dream while you're there. David was running around hiding for his life in caves while he was raising up groups of warriors. It follows you. 
it follows you. So I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.